It wasn't until we were sitting in the seats that I realized we could win, says Ruslan Sirota of his experience at the 2011 Grammy Awards. Both his composition and production work on Stanley Clark's album, The Stanley Clark Band, had put him in the running for a statuette. It was a good record, and I felt very lucky to win, says Sirota, who acknowledges that luck has played a prominent role in many key moments in his life. Sirota displayed an early aptitude for music. When I was six, he says, I came home from school one day and there was a piano in my house. That changed everything because I had access to an instrument all the time. I didn't have any training, but I learned things by ear. You develop a relationship with music that can never be taken away. Whatever tools you acquire through training will only enrich that. He soon began rigorous classical lessons, Soviet style. But at the time, he says, there was this musical rebel who had been banished from all the classical institutions as both a student and a teacher. He dressed weird, wrote anti-Soviet songs, and listened to a lot of American music. My dad sent me to him because he knew I had something unconventional in me. After my classical lessons, we would go to the park next to the school and sit on the ground with his battery-powered keyboards. He would set up a drum pattern and have me make things up, or he'd play an accompaniment and have me improvise a melody. That was my introduction to freedom. That was an article from Finding a Balance by Adam Wren Olin. Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and I am here with Ruslan Sirota. Ruslan Sirota is a Grammy Award-winning pianist, composer, and producer. Ruslan has been touring, performing, and recording with major artists such as Stanley Clark, The Black Eyed Peas, Kamasi Washington, Seal, Josh Groban, Thundercat, Chick Corea, George Duke, and countless others. Thank you so much for being here, Ruslan. Oh my God, thank you for having me. So cool. It's so strange listening to you know, stuff about myself. <laughs> like, where did you find this, right? <laughs> yeah, this is like, my God, you really did some research on me. What else did you find? <laughs> I found a lot of stuff. <laughs> Uh-oh, okay, let's go. Oh, prepare myself. <laughs> so Ruslan has been my friend for years and he is one of the most amazing musicians. I love seeing his work. I love seeing him play and Aww. he's he's just an awesome individual. So I'm just so excited to have you here to talk about your journey and talk yeah. about your travels. Right. Yes. That's plenty was plenty of that up until a couple months ago. <laughs> There's been plenty of that. So I went to go see the Dalai Lama at the forum. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And who that. comes out? It's Ruslan on stage. I'm literally like, that is Ruslan's hair. That's him. Yes. For sure. And my jaw dropped. So yes, please, please tell us that story. Because Oh, my God. Yes. That, that's a fun one, too. Right, 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 right. So how, what happened then? It was, I think, I got, I got home fresh off tour. Like, well, I'm saying that as if it's ever not the case. Uh, yeah. I'm always home fresh off tour if I'm home. So I, I, I got home and I get a call from Eric Benet, who's a singer, who's an R&B singer, uh, a really, really cool guy. And so he said, hey, you want to come play for the Dalai Lama? <laughs> I'm like, dude, um, shoot. yeah, let's go. I mean, he's like, yeah, okay, cool. come over. We'll rehearse a song. 
and and we'll go. Literally, we had to be there in like two hours, and I I, I drive to his house, and uh, so it happened right before. Oh yeah, it was it was the same day. Yeah, he, we both got the call. Like, yeah, what it happened in the, the world? same day. So I come to his house. We sit there. We rehearse the song, and then we go. And they walk us in. It was uh, where was it? the forum in LA. Yes, I think it was forum. the forum. So they walk us in. Secret Service walks us in back door of the forum and i've been there it's just the, it's the behind that's the backstage so okay we walk in and then there is the backstage and turns out that the backstage has a backstage that it has a little <laughs> little room small small room and then we get you know they test us for metal and they they walk us into the small room and in the small room it's, it's okay it's just eric myself um uh, who was it? Like a bunch of A-listers. Uh, uh, Jim, it Carrey. Jim Carrey. It, it was, uh, what's his name? The, the, the coach for the, the football coach. I forgot. A bunch of people. And so we sit there and we wait. And all the, you know, the Jim Carrey is cracking uh, jokes. And I'm like, man, I don't know why I'm here. And I'm like, how is this happening? If it's going to be a small people with a small number, so a small room with a small number of people meeting the Dalai Lama, you can imagine who's in that room. So it's those people and me. The Secret Service walks in, checks everything. Then the Dalai Lama's goons walk in. <laughs> Essentially, they're, they're, they're peaceful monks. And, you know, but they could mess you up if they have to. They, they, they're here to protect and serve His Holiness. So they only look very peaceful. They could kick your butt if, 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 if push comes to shove. So they walk in, they walk around and test everything. They see everything is cool, everything is okay, and then they walk him in. Uh, and so he walks, he walks into the room. We sit there, and he walks past all of these A-list or celebrities sitting there, and he goes straight to me, looking at my hair, <laughs> and he points his finger like. Oh, Mind you, Ruslan, for, for listeners, Ruslan has a big poofy... Explain right. your hair, Ruslan. That's right. Yeah, I have like a, a sort of a, a you know, fourth incarnation of a man bun. It's, it's something unexplainable. It has a life of its own. Uh, it's my way of not having to deal with my hair. And so it's up there. If you, if you Google a picture of mine, you'll see it. It's there. And um, so he walks up and like points at my hair and is like, huh. And everyone's like dumbfounded because, you know, it's the freaking Dalai Lama. It's not, you know, it's what this is going to be his first object of interest. And he's like, can I uh, touch? I'm like, and I go, yeah, of course, your holiness. And so he's touching my hair and like Jim Carrey's looking at me. And I'm like, it's like, it's just, you couldn't dream this up on acid. Like this situation, you could never, if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't. And so, and so, you know, that lasted for a little long for a little while everyone laughed and uh then this we, you know, we sat down and everyone talked to him and asked him questions and what he thinks needs to be done you know to make the world a better place and then they made me wait okay so we walk out we walk on stage uh no sorry we were done and so they said okay listen you're gonna have to go sit on stage and wait for him to walk out and i'm like well that's a really stupid idea because when i walk out everyone's gonna maybe think i'm him and start clapping and then you know, he should be the first one to walk out. He's the big deal. Anyway, I'm not arguing with the production. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I walk and I sit, feel really stupid sitting there by myself on that, by that piano. And so eventually they, they kind of, they walk him out on the other side of the stage. And he comes out and he takes a bow and everyone's like cheering. You were, I'm telling you like you weren't there. 
remember what happened, right? So he, he they walk him out, he bows, and then he looks around and he sees me on the piano <laughs> on the other side of the stage. And he goes, ah. <laughs> and he starts walking towards me. And I'm like, I knew it was a terrible idea. And it's I a remember big stage, this. so every step I remember- he takes, I feel I'm burning with shame. Because it really, he, sh- he really shouldn't be walking towards me, this, this older <laughs> man who is like freaking Dalai Lama. And because he's such a, such a mensch and such a sweetheart, he's walking to greet me at the piano on stage. I'm like, this is really fucking stupid. <laughs> like, why? I knew it's a bad idea that I should be here. So I kind of start walking towards him. And then I kind of give him this apologetic look. I'm like, they kind of put me here. And then he gives me the same look back. <laughs> he's like, oh, and it was a very profound moment where, like, I was obviously, like, signaling to him, like, I'm sorry, shit, they just kind of put me here, and I feel so bad. And he was essentially communicating, like, yeah, they put me here, too. <laughs> like, I'm on the stage. We're just a part of this thing. And the thing is going, and let's, that's cool. It's fine as it is, and it's great. And I, it was such a profound moment. You- Do you remember when he saw you, he, he did this laugh? Yeah, <laughs> he, that's he, right. He that's pointed right. at you, and he goes, <laughs> and literally right. the whole forum just starts laughing that's right that's right because he, he literally saw you and i'm literally like what is happening right now right right imagine what it was and, and i'm sitting there after arguing with the producer i'm like are you sure it's a good idea that i should go up there it'll take the attention away from his holiness and uh, and so his holiness comes and that literally points physically all the attention to me on purpose and the whole place starts laughing and I'm like, my God, this is the most embarrassing moment of my life. And then now he walks towards, walking towards me. And I'm like, so what do I do? Do I walk towards him? Do I, you know, I'm also like in, in front of a bunch of people in that huge venue on a huge stage. I don't know what to do. I, I usually, if I was up there playing, I, I'm cool with that. But I'm up here having to deal with the social situation with the freaking Dalai Lama. So that was, that was amusing. And I'm glad you got to see it from the other side. It was really special sort of the ending of it was really special for me because of the sort of shared humanity where we both are like, ah, okay, I'm just kind of here. And then he sort of signals the same. Like, ah, I'm just here too. I was, you know, that's just, it's just kind of, and it's just kind of hit me. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. I'm like this, we're just a part of this thing and it's just going to unfold how it's going to unfold. And this is, this is it. This is how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tell me what travel means to you. I think what travel means to me goes all the way back to being very young. Uh, first of all, I dreamed of this life as a child. I, I'll never forget uh, there, was a, there was an international hotel in the town I grew up in in Israel when we immigrated to Israel. And every time I'd walk the beach and walk to, to, this, to that, I think it's called the Sun Hotel or something I'd see people come and go. I, I could tell they're not from my town or from my country. Every time I would walk, I would literally, when I was, you know, in my early teens, would walk up to the hotel by the beach away from my house and stand there and stare at the hotel. And I imagined a life of traveling and, and a life of and a life of being, you know, living in hotels and and going around the world and seeing different places. And then when my father would go visit our family um, in the States, we would drop him off at the airport. Uh, I'd 
never been i would maybe been to the airport once my whole life and i I would as we would approach the airport i'd get that same feeling it's almost like like, i want to go (laughs) yeah it's like a calling it wasn't necessarily it was something much deeper than like wow i wonder what it's like in ireland or like well like i just want to travel it was something i never really think about it much but now thinking about it it was almost like a calling i was like this is going to be your path this is going to be this is what you should be doing and then it it came it came to be it came to pass Little did you know, right? Little did I know. That's right. I knew it might have something to do with music because I was doing music, but I really remember that feeling. I remember going to the hotel, just like 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 a little, you know, like it's kind of silly. I would stand there and see all the people and look at the hotel, peek inside the windows. I was looking at these things as like a, that's the life. That's that's what I'm peeking a portal into that kind of life. I didn't know that at the time, but it was very attractive to me and very. It had some very strange magnetic you know, thing about it for young me. And, and so that, so what travel means to me, that that's the context, right? Now, of course, these things change because I traveled so much. I now appreciate, you know, an extra month at home and not having to go anywhere. That's the difference between us. And I'm so happy not to travel for a little while because I've traveled so much. But of course, my relationship to tra- with traveling has, uh, that that's the context has ev- yeah has evolved into well something. of course of course yeah. it's it's kind of like when you fall in love with with someone that's love at first sight and you guys have a beautiful family and then you have a fight or something like of yeah. course <laughs> you know of course you have a fight you 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 know you're together so of course like oh my god could i please wake up in the same bed for a while for like you're longer like, than a month travel i'm mad at you i need to right, sleep exactly. in my own bed <laughs> that's right exactly in my own bed literally <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I need to sleep in that. So, of course, that happened, but the, the context stayed the same. And, and that's to say nothing of the countless advantages and, 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 and the, the things that it does to you, you know, that as a person that you may not even be aware of because you never lived a life without travel. And then you meet people who have, and then you compare, and you're just like, wow, I think the fact that I travel so much had done this and this and that to me. But, but the context of tra- travel for me, what it means to me, goes all the way back to perhaps age 13. No, 12. Yeah. Looking in that hotel and just dreaming yeah. of your future, just knowing that that was it. You're like, this is yeah. going to be me. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, and I, I, it's, it's strange because I didn't even know necessarily. I just, there was something about it. Some, I'm not a big mystic, but like there was something mystical about my, my sort of being drawn to, 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 to travel, to sort of being. It's like I, I saw a plane, right? And, and I say, this metal was in these other places and i'm looking at it now so it's, it's like i'm looking at that maybe there's particles of those other places on it of dust or or something this yeah. metal or like the, this, this has was been everywhere this has been everywhere this has this has been in all these countries and it was so strange to me that it's now here so yeah. is it is it what is it like to be this plane and these all these other places <laughs> you know it was a kid and I was like, wow, so th- am I looking at a little piece of those other places? Like- it's funny because when I look back on my life, I remember my my mom was like very anti-nature. She didn't want us to be in the mm. mountains or in the woods. And I remember looking at mountains, we would drive past them and I would say, I need to be at the top of that mountain. Oh, I don't wow. know what it was, but it's like you look back on your life and you you see you oh, see wow. something, 
you see a little glimpse of your future. Yeah. And I just remember just being so attracted. I needed to climb or I needed to be in the woods and right. no one in my family was into that, you know? Right. <laughs> so. Interesting how that works. And interesting that you had that, that, again, that natural predisposition. It's not like you picked it up in a magazine or tried it as a hobby to, to sort of, you know, to balance your office job. No, you kind of knew. Yeah. Right. For all along that this is interesting how that works with, that seemingly be no reason, right? I mean, why? How do you? Why do you? Yeah, no one in my family was into it. That's right. So it's no exactly. Wow. Yeah, and That's and I even so... remember picking up a book of photography. It was it was an Ansel Adams book, and I uh -huh. well, I looked uh -huh. at Yosemite and I said, I need to climb that. <laughs> I need I need to climb that that wow. ha I need to climb Half Dome. I didn't even know what Half Dome was, but I was mm. like, I gotta get to the top of that. But it's funny. Well, I think those are all crossed off by now, I'm pretty sure. Yes, they Multiple are. Multiple <laughs> times, and many, as, as are many others, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I totally, definitely can relate with you. <laughs> there you go. Isn't it, isn't it kind of cool? Isn't it that, that the future self is, yeah. is knocking it's like, on the door? It's like, hey, this is going to be you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, kid, like you're, you're approaching, like you're no longer... Yeah, a little kid. Here's here's a glimpse. You're right. ready to sort of see the future. You're ready. Tell me about your story. Your whole story of like how right. you ended up here in in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, plenty of travel involved in that as well. <laughs> we I was born into into a Jewish family in the Soviet Union. I'm old. I was born when there was still a Soviet Union, and um, so we lived uh, in the Soviet Union until I was about nine years old or so. And uh, as, as, as did many, many other millions of others at the time, late 80s, they sort of opened the border. You know, there were plenty of reasons to leave that paradise. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so, uh, you know, between the nuclear explosion and anti-Semitism and, you know, and living in a communist country, uh, there were plenty of reasons to take off. So being a Jewish family, we immigrated to Israel, which was the first time I was exposed to, you know, traveling on a train or at all on a plane because we had to fly and we had to, you know, it was a long journey. So uh, that was the first sort of experience with travel that I had. It was unique because <clears throat> I traveled with my family. We traveled permanently. We weren't coming back. Right. That's a different kind of travel. Yes, it is. You know, especially for a kid, we're, we're not traveling, we're leaving. Like, and now we're going to make this journey where when we arrive, that's where we're going to live. Now. How old were you? I was nine. Oh my gosh. I was nine years old. And we, we arrived at Israel, which was very different culturally from a communist, you know, Soviet country. It was very different. Uh, it's a country in the Middle East. It was very westernized, but it was, it was the first time I experienced a, a genuine exposure sort of to, to a completely different culture something I, i'd come to experience later on in my life you know a lot but this was the first time that i had a big big my first big trip was to israel from ukraine soviet union that was my first travel experience that was a big 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 international travel experience the first thing they did they asked ev where everyone was from and when they realized that we three short hours away from chernobyl nuclear plant an explosion right that happened several years prior to us leaving and that's one of the reasons we left right so when they realized that's where we were from they had they were prepared they took us aside to a small room and they gave all of us blood tests 
uh, right there and then to see if we have too much radiation in us, if we're going to pollute the the place, which was which made perfect sense to me at the time, of course. And now I'm thinking about it. This is some crazy stuff. But that yeah, we, that's one of the reasons. My mind. <laughs> of course, I remember. I'll never forget when when the explosion actually happened and and uh, the rain. And they didn't tell us anything. The Communist Party didn't tell us anything. And then the, that summer, the vegetables and the fruit started arriving, and like huge-sized cucumbers and and tomatoes. Like and you were. Every, my grandma was a doctor, so the doctors knew. They were informed. Like, don't eat any of this. This is wow. really bad. The DNA is messed up, messed with because of the explosion. I, I remember when it happened, gray sort of cloudy rain. And you look at the drops and they're not clear. Wow. Right? And so I remember the explosion. So, of course, when we first arrived uh, and we lived through it, we we're like, okay, well, we're hoping we're going to be okay. And they, uh, the government had spread these little metal plates all over the city to absorb radiation. And no one told the citizens what's going on. Only the doctors knew. And so the kids were playing with little metal plates and, and we didn't know what's going on. And so... But you knew. You guys I, knew. I, we, we knew. My grandma knew because she was a doctor. And so, of course, people knew right away. Word of mouth spread. But I remember the explosion. And then when we got to Israel, of course, immediately they tested us in the airport to see if we're bringing a lot of radiation with us or not. And luckily, we were under, under the line we weren't overly radiated or whatever and so they told us here take these pills take this medication to even reduce so you more. you had some radiation though yeah oh of course. my lord of course how of course. yeah of course it's yes. it's I mean, that's one of the reasons we ran we ran because of that we ran because of anti-semitism yeah we ran because you know there was no food in the stores there was nothing you know to buy or eat or it wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't the best of experiences but so we ran to israel and all of these things got fixed you know except the whole gulf war situation that happened yeah. right after we arrived so we arrived in israel the culture was different the food was different everything you experience when traveling to such a you know radically different place was there for me except we weren't going anywhere. let's say we were we have arrived and so, so interesting. That, when we got there, we got there just in time for the Gulf War. Uh, three three <laughs> weeks after we arrived, oh the Gulf War started, and we rushed rushed into bomb shelters and uh, gas masks and, 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 and bombings. And so that was our welcome. Like, hey, this is Israel, by the way, what? you guys. This is yeah. Oh, I never told so you. So you left? No, you never told me that. So you oh left communist Soviet Union and yes, came and into war. To Israel. <laughs> yeah, where we arrived, we, we got three weeks to, to get acclimated, and after three weeks, the war uh, started. What in the world? <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. And and so how was, was that welcome. as a child? How oh, how well, it it was. I mean, I was I was surrounded with family. Uh, uh, you know, we were we had some friends who were already living in Israel help us out. But there were rockets shot at the population, and so Israel would Israel would shoot counter rockets to take these rockets off. Oh so my god! You, if you looked out the window, you could see that. Uh, you could see that happen in the sky above you, and you would sort of pray that it works because if the rocket falls. No, it's not fun. And so um, that was, and then you can listen to the radio to see when it's safe to get, because you also had to tape the windows because they were threatening 
chemical weapons and listening to the radio is when it's all over and you can get out of the rooms and we couldn't really because we didn't speak any hebrew so oh my God. luckily right my 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 aunt my aunt is an english teacher so we would find an english station and we didn't speak my, my mom speaks spoke some english i didn't speak any english my dad still doesn't speak any english so i did not know that oh yeah absolutely what? yeah and, and so what she a would journey say, yes, it seems like a, oh yeah it, it was it was it was crazy and then you know we that was our sort of that was our welcome like look if you guys came to visit sure but you guys came to stay so let us show you the absolute <laughs> worst it's gonna get and it's gonna be only better from here <laughs> and, and that was that was my first big trip uh, wow did you yeah. guys like what made you want to stay there we didn't really know it was gonna go down like that right we basically ran from a soviet country which would had plenty of reasons to to run from and then once we once we moved there there were talks of perhaps us relocating to the united states at some point because well, that, that's not easy to do the paperwork it was a lot easier if you're jewish you could get citizenship and stay and not live in you know communist Soviet union but of course we weren't counting on on a war to right be our first reading you know wow. so that was that was a little so what would then it kind of you know it's like okay it's not gonna happen all the time and we kind of stayed and it was just that was just that it's not like we could just go somewhere else you know it's wow. not that easy. You can't just relocate to the states if you want the family. Like you had to process it takes years. No one just. You know. But to Israel, we could just come in. We could prove that we're Jews, and that's it. Come in, your citizens. Wow. Like, okay, great. Uh, that's wow. where we're gonna go then. And that's how that went down. Wow, what a journey! I had no idea. Like oh. I've known you for years, and you've kind of told me a little bit here and there of your journey. Yeah. Like you would make oh, comments. Oh, that's, that's just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> That was a lot. There was a lot. Israel put a lot on my table uh, as far as all that, those challenges, because it's it, it, in the 90s, it wasn't the safest place to be. And so Israel is in the Middle East. Uh, and at the same time, it's it's different from, say, Saudi Arabia or Iran or you know, Israel is it's a high tech uh, country. Israel, as, you know, it's a very westernized country. So you get a lot of Western things there a lot like you know very very westernized in terms of the you know life experience shopping technology everything is very modernized and mechanized but at the same time there's a big stamp strong stamp of middle eastern culture because of where it's located so it's this strange cultural mutt sort of of the east and the West, literally. And so you fall in the middle of that. It's not exactly like living in America, right? It's not. But it's also not like living in, in, in Saudi Arabia, right? It's, it's, so it's interesting when you travel to Israel, you see that combination and how the two parts sort of found a way of meeting each other and melting into this one culture. I actually have never been, and it's one of the places that I really like to travel because I've heard that. Let's go. Is... Yeah, let's go. I love it, Mike. Oh my god, I would love it. Can you tell me about how many countries you've been to? Tell me about your first tour as a musician. After thirty, I stopped counting. I started traveling so much, especially in the first five years of my constant travel. I made sure 
to not just go perform somewhere, but also explore the place and go somewhere and expose myself to the cultural new things that I could taste, see, the food, hear, observe, visit, the food, the museums, the parks, the nature. The... So I, I made sure to always, you know, I was traveling for work as a, as a performing musician. So I got to meet a lot of people from different cultures. I also make make sure to go to different places and sites, do sightseeing and do, do these kinds of experiences and take pictures so that it, it really leaves an imprint on me as a person. And the first tour I'd done Oh my goodness. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> what was that like? It was a lot of new experiences at the same time. Cause this was the first bigger gig I was on sort of that now a touring gig. And it was also the first time I'd ever been anywhere, but I had to keep a straight face because everyone was already tr- touring a lot. And I'm, it's my first, I can't show. It's like, it's almost you gotta like, play it you, cool. you, you gotta you, play you know, it cool. <laughs> That's right. You can't. You can't show. I've done this before. What? I've never done this before. So it was a little bit like that. So I, I of course, had all kinds of probably weird questions to ask, and like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And people probably staring at me. Oh, this kid has never been anywhere. I'm like, nope, he hasn't. I think it was a tour across Europe. We went to Germany. We stayed several days, and I think we went to England. I think the UK. Who was it with? It was with Stanley Clark. It was in, back in those years uh, after college. Baby Ruslan. The traveling. Yeah, that's right. I didn't, I didn't choose the traveling life. The traveling life chose me. And <laughs> I didn't choose the... So it was, it was really fascinating because I, I, I could now... I was a little older, of course, than the, the kid who was dreaming of hotels and, and planes. Uh, but I was still, it was still a new experience. And I, and I felt like I'm ready. You're mid-20s or those kind of times in your life or you're 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 ready to start taking it all in you know and so it was really cool i i had to learn fast i had to okay this is what the people are like this is what the food is like that's when i started collecting hotel keys you collect hotel keys not anymore because i i'd need like a storage room but what I would do is I would collect hotel keys for, for years and I'd bring them to my father whenever I'd see him. I'd go back to Israel and visit my family once a year. And I'd bring a big stash of hotel keys to my dad. And he collects, he keeps all of my hotel keys because just like that plane that was, okay, it was this plane. And remember what I told you as a kid, okay, with this plane was all these, in all these other countries. So I'd look at the keys like these keys, this key was in this country. This key was in this kind of like dummy. So were you. Okay, sure. But it's actually from there. <laughs> it's like, funny because that was one of my questions. What do you take with you when, when you go or buy? But you, you not anymore. Yeah, no, not anymore. The, the key, hotel keys, I know. Because it was effortless. I, 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 I wouldn't have to uh, do, you know, make an effort. I just needed something to remind me that this happened. Because, and, and this is something I was thinking about lately. It's really cool to collect these things, especially, well, not necessarily keys, but anything that you bring back with you. Because if you travel a lot, it's cool to have some kind of reminder to tell you that this actually happened, you know. You were actually there. This actually took place. It's cool to have a thing or something. A picture or like not necessarily just a picture, but like you bring something with you. Like, hey, I actually was at this place. This actually happened to me. If you travel a lot, it's... 
it's easy for it to become sort of, you know, blur of travel. That's a good one to get the hotel keys because they're thin. Right? You can put them in your That's pocket. Right. It's not heavy. It doesn't add any luggage. Like That's you right. Know, luggage weight or anything. Right. So <laughs> I have a couple of hundred, uh, oh, a couple of hundred of hotel, hotel keys. My dad has them. And then I stopped. I was like, dude, this is, I mean, I, was, I forgot <laughs> to bring a key. With, I don't think I grabbed the hotel key. Oh, I think I have one from this country. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The next, and then I kind of spaced out. I'm like, okay, you know what? I travel for a living. So how about I just accept it? You should make a, uh, some people will take like postcards or their, that's uh, right. Their like ticket, their plane ticket and put it on a table and then laminate it. That's right. That with your hotel keys. I should totally do that. I'll I'll need a storage room. That's right. That would be really cool. My dad has them. They're in Israel every time I come back. I think I might start doing it again and bring him in like a fresh new stash of keys next right? you year can make if a I wall. get to travel. A wall of hotel keys. Oh, you could. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could totally already do that with my keys back home. Yeah. He could totally <laughs> already do that easily. Yeah. I'd bring for, for five years, I brought back hotel keys every year. Wow. What is your most interesting travel story? When we were. On that first tour, I was supposed to rent a car and drive everyone to the airport and uh, to keep traveling. And I was very excited because I'd learned how to drive at the age of 24, I think, because I didn't have to drive in Israel. So I was supposed to get a car. I was so excited that we were traveling and I was speak, speak hearing all these new languages around me and like trying to make friends. And this is back in the day of AOL Instant Messenger exchanging instant messenger with people so i got so excited that i i I parked the car in front of a driveway and i locked my keys in with all of my luggage and oh no and we couldn't that's right so so now we couldn't really use anyone's car to travel in there no one could take us we had to get a cab and i had no luggage for probably two weeks because we had to take me oh absolutely not this is we have to go we have a concert to play we have to leave. And then the rental guys eventually got there, got their car with an extra set of keys and got my luggage. But I was already on the plane at that time because we had to go. We had to play a concert. We can't sit around and wait. So my luggage then was sent to the country I was in. It didn't make it on time. So my luggage then after that was chasing me for like another 10 days, country after country after country, while I'm buying an international con- collection of underwear everywhere I go and enriching my international collection of shirts and t-shirts and socks and just and the luggage is traveling by itself and I'm traveling by myself and so that's because I I was really excited to travel and I got so excited I locked my keys in the car and with my luggage and did you ever do that again no oh my god no I was so I was so embarrassed I've done a bunch of other stupid stuff like that but not that I remember I thought oh my god I'm gonna get fired I was very embarrassed. I mean, I was really excited. And, you know, I learned later that everyone has their secrets of dumb stuff like that they've done while traveling and forgetting certain things and getting locked out and losing things. What is your most favorite location that you've ever been to? My number one spot would have to be divided between at least two or three places because each brings such it's like if you if i'm gonna have to pick can i give you my favorite entree and my favorite dessert like can i do i have to pick between the two like do i not get like 
am I supposed to compare the schnitzel to the macaroon? And like, I can't. They're so separate and so unique and amazing. I think something about Vienna, the first trip to Vienna, struck me very, very sort of because it, it Vienna was a cultural center for all classical music in the 18th century, and and all the culture that gave birth to that music. And so when you go and you see the architecture and you see, you can literally sense the spirit of those times. It's like It's, it's my remember I told you about this. Like, whoa, this plane was in like Switzerland. So I'm like, oh, whoa, this building was in like the 18th century when Mozart was writing music. And right. so you go to Vienna and you see the, the Viennese composer's sort of tradition and heritage just to walk around. And, and they, they made sure to preserve much of the architecture. Wow. My, because it's their cultural heritage and they, they want to make sure that a lot of it stays in place and they fix it up if they have to. And they really try to make sure that when you get there, you still get that cultural front. And I did. And it was unbelievable. And it's, it's not like Europe alone lacks other beautiful historic places. But something about Vienna when I first went struck me as particularly um, well sort of preserved in that sense that I could really sense, I could really feel that I'm somewhere and not just in a different place, but almost in a different time. And ah. so that was it. Uh, I think what's some Is it because, thing? do you think it's because of the music element to it? that It, really, could, really it could be, it could totally be that. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I know it, it seems like I travel for a living, but I actually play music for a living at the end of the day. And then, so it could well be that, that this is what the, the trick sort of for me i could feel that i'm, I'm walking in the footsteps of mozart and, and, and these people and the way they maintain the place made sure that i feel this feeling uh, that's pretty so it, incredible right so i was like oh my god i can't believe i'm here and then of course i took a bunch of videos on my phone and then of course they don't do any justice i literally <laughs> looked at them I'm like my god that's not what it looks like at all that's not what it feels <laughs> like at all sometimes i want to have like a travel crew Like a filming crew traveling with me. I'll be your film crew. Let's go. <laughs> My God. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We'll film. It'll be, it'll be so fun. And uh, yeah, so that was one place uh, ever since. It's just like, I, I'm guaranteed to have blanked and spaced out on something else. It's, I mean, all the, where was it? Bali was pretty unique. Bali was pretty special. Because again, it's such a different, it's not even like going to, If you go to say Japan, so you go, if you go to European countries, Scandinavian country, like, okay, cool. But like, it's some kind of a category of a place like, okay, so Japan is very different from Korea, but like there's some kind of over, there's some kind of common denominator you could trace. But when you go to like a place like Bali, for example, it's so different. And so they have so such their own thing, you know, it, And it's this, beautiful. And it's beautiful. And it's it's modern at this point, right? So that's it's it's but then it still has their own like these huts and these like little places where they have guests and where they have food and like what this is like you could and then when I see stuff like that, I'm imagining what, what must have the culture been like and the experience of existence have been like for people to have arrived at something like this and then 
you know, I, I, one's only left to wonder and, 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 and complete the pieces in one's own head of what this must be like. And then you go meet the people and you're like, oh, I see. I see how, how, how this came to be. It's, it's, so some Polynesian countries and like it's, these, uh, some locations are just really unique and really special. Like, you know, I mean, every country, if you go deep enough, like if you go like, like for instance, Ireland and, and Scotland, they're very different, but you have to zoom in a little bit. Like, and then you see the vast differences between the places, but some countries you go and you don't have to zoom in. No, you just on, step on, in out of the plane. Like, and you're like, whoa. whoa, exactly. Right. That's like, oh, yeah. I can't believe it. So places like that, you know, so Bali comes to mind uh, at the time, probably sort of the virgin experience for me of traveling at the time had played a role with, with Vienna and Austria, yeah. you know. Do you have any tips and tricks for traveling to those favorite destinations? Yeah. And traveling for all destinations. Cue in the montage we did about Maya. No, it's a, <laughs> I do, I do. I do have tips, tricks, horror stories, and how to avoid the horror stories. <laughs> Don't leave your car keys the, in yeah, the car. No, step number one, exactly. Take your car keys with you. And don't drive at places where you have to drive on the other side of the road. Yeah. Uh, step number two. Well, yeah, it depends on where you travel. Some places where you, when you go, you, you, you almost don't have to take much. Like if you go to Germany, you're probably going to be fine. Like you don't have to, like here's the special things you can take and here's the special things you should not do because you'll regret it. Like it's not, it's not, um, tip number one, um, if you're ever at a bar in Japan and it's late at night and a young lady is showing a very peculiar interest in uh, sharing company. Uh, beware. <laughs> either, yeah, this is all, either, either leave or make sure you have cash. I'll leave that up to you <laughs> for, for the guys listening to us. Um, that's tip number one. Tip number that's two. That's very interesting. Right. Right. So that's what's that's that the, story? What's that story? I, I, well, I, I didn't. I've never been to Japan up until that point. I <laughs> I didn't know. I just thought that I was so amazing that all these young ladies just really wanted to hang out with me. And of course, why wouldn't they? Look at me. I'm wonderful. And little did I you know, you are wonderful. You are wonderful. I, well, thank, that's what I thought. Tell them. And I'm, and I, and I, and my luckily my our translator and, and a friend were with me, and they were like. <laughs> No, 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 no. This is, this is. I'm like, what? No, I think these guys are just jealous because all these, all these ladies want to hang out with me and not with them. Sure, because they figured out I'm the newbie and I don't know what the hell's going on. So of course they were all on me. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Oh, Tip number one: When in other Asian countries, such as uh, Taiwan or any others, um. Again, if, if you find yourself in the company of a lovely young lady, <laughs> one more thing to keep in mind that um, the lady in question might be of um, a more ambiguous gender uh, origins or, or <laughs> right now than, than you might assume. 
You never know. You never know. I've, I've uh, not that I have absolutely no problem with whatsoever, but considering that I was hitting on some on some very attractive young lady and uh, or and getting ready to sort of pursue the the interaction, I feel very grateful to have been warned by a friendly local. You're not in Los Angeles, buddy. <laughs> this is this is very different around here. What? So that's, you know, so keep, keep that in mind. Um, uh, when you go to uh, African countries or Eastern European countries, you might want to be careful with fresh fruit. Because I, we went to Ukraine one time and, and with the band and my parents warned me. It's not even that the food is bad. You're not accustomed to some of the food. Right. So everyone, everyone ate a lot of really good food except me. I only ate bread. And everyone had, you know, puking and going running to the bathroom for a day and a half after that. They got the runs. Yeah. It's, it's really... <laughs> so when you go, make sure you have uh, either pills with you against... I'm sorry to be so, you know... No, but this is good. No, these are great. No, this is not so non-poetic about all this. But these are practical concerns for when you travel. You, you, you have, have medication with you. To, you know, but for for the runs for diarrhea, have medication with you for for stomach uh, upsets issues. issues. Have maybe carbon pills that, that settle the stomach down. Have that stuff with you. Have uh, have with you. You have medication with you. Essentially, I remember catching a bunch of colds all over Europe and realizing that, for instance, their Advil is a lot weaker interesting than, than ours that, that i'm used to and so when i'm on tour playing a bunch of shows i don't need to find that out right i'm already on tour i'm already sick i need this to work right now so of course you can find you'll find you're going to go to the pharmacy and buy something but it's not necessarily so have that with you and i'm just giving you sort of I, there's a lot of cool things we can we can talk about you should bring no but you and stuff this but is the practical you gotta question have these things. Oh. you gotta <laughs> You this got is, something like this could literally ruin your trip, and 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 like you're now going to it's going to be an uphill struggle. Not because you're going to be walking uphill as you do, right? <laughs> but you're you're going to actually, you know, you're going to actually, yeah. So make sure you're ready for different foods, different medications they might have. I always bring my Excedrin because I get yep. migraines. Oh, oh you and do. you can't find that anywhere, so nope. I have to bring specific things. Right. Yeah, so I, I definitely, <laughs> definitely get you. That's right. Um, so, so. Uh, with your favorite destination, with Vienna, and you mentioned Bali. Bali. Yeah. Do you have any tips and tricks from those destinations that you like favorite places to go that you can tell people to go to? Oh my goodness. Yeah, the reason it's the reason it's my favorite destination is that I didn't have to go to a particular museum to get a feeling like I'm at a museum, right? Right. It's I, just like I, a I place that you could just like arrive and then just right. walk around. Cusco, Peru was like that for me where I arrived in that town and one of my favorite things, it wasn't a particular space or, right. or a restaurant or anything. It was just walking around in that town right. was special. Yeah. So, yep. And those kind of places like you know that's that's like the best type of yeah exactly that the, i've the, traveled the, the town is the museum you yeah. know the, the the streets are the space it's yeah. like yeah and that, that that i think that's 
sort of what makes each place is so special. And yeah, so so I bet when we're done, I'm gonna remember a bunch of more things. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do this again. I forgot everything. And, <laughs> no, no, That's fine. Is, I'll type it in. Life is right. Life is not a rehearsal. This is this right. is it. <laughs> well, the most uh, it, it's natural to 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 just say of that course. it's the it's it's the place mm-hmm. because I've definitely been to certain places in the world where, uh, like for example, Marrakesh. There's no particular yeah. restaurant that I remember. There's no destination oh, man, in that so town. Awesome. Oh, it's so cool. But the coolest thing was to walk around. Yeah. There was exactly. no place anywhere that you could go. That's right. You so know, Israel, Israel is kind of like 25, 30% of that. Wow. And Western. Wow. Right. That's what I loved like. Morocco. That was like one of yeah. my Yeah. Oh, so you're gonna love Israel if you're like because Okay, yeah, we, we gotta few, go. Oh, please. If you go, like make sure you either tell me so we could both go or let me know and I'll like I'll hook you up. My friends will like meet you and like show yes. you. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. That's oh, like one of my You one like one Morocco places. that much. Oh wow, that's amazing. Morocco is one of my favorites, but I love traveling to Middle Eastern countries. Yeah, like, so I because love- Israel Israel is in some sense a little bit like that because yeah, exactly. so many people are from Morocco that live in Israel that live in Israel originally. So they of course created the place in their own image, as you know, as people do. Right. And brought a lot of their culture, a lot of the architecture. So you see these skyscrapers and these high-tech buildings, and then you see these like wow. Like a flea market yeah straight over and like what what is this place that's israel that's, that's interesting a, it's wow. it's it's kind of like that yeah if you like morocco you're going to recognize quite a bit of it in israel and then you're going to see the remakes of it yeah but the, either way marrakesh is exactly a good example of, of of a place that i mean you don't have to go anywhere in marrakesh you could just go there just walk around <laughs> walk around and this is the go somewhere this is the you go to the market of course go sit and smoke hookah go, go do all that stuff but if you don't it's fine you'll still get yeah. the experience but the thing is like you could go to any of the restaurants in marrakesh and it's an amazing experience like all right. of them were great right. like i didn't have to go pick somewhere obviously right. there's probably there probably are of course places, but it was just you could go anywhere and you you felt special yeah, in, yeah, in absolutely. I just loved absolutely. it. Absolutely, that's so cool. I'm it. so glad you liked it in that part of the world because that's an acquired taste. That's not for everyone. Oh no, that's I'm a desert person. Amazing. I don't know if you know oh, this, right. but like I, I am full I on. Like I need to be in a desert all the time. Wow. So, uh, I went to Marrakesh. I love Turkey. Like, yeah, these are places that I just adore. Yeah, Turkey <laughs> is a little bit like Israel in that sense. Oh, so you okay. Can, you can you can sense both the west and the east and the yeah and in some parts you can sense the east a lot and yeah some parts the west a lot and yeah uh, yeah that, that's that turkey is really awesome too yeah so those are i definitely israel is on the top of my list jordan like yeah. Petra, like those are yeah, the, that, that's that would be list. really cool to go are you allowed <laughs> to go everywhere because for instance i have an israeli passport there are some places i'm not allowed to go to are jordan to, uh, i think i think i can go to jordan i think i cannot go to uh, so, Saudi Arabia. Some, uh, I, I, for me to go to Bali at the time was a big deal because uh, um, I'm technically not allowed. Really, they have they have no diplomatic relations with with the country of my s- citizenship, right? Uh, so we had to pay a special visa that costs like eight hundred dollars. Wow! Get a special permit. I'm not allowed to go. I'm not. I'm not supposed to go. Um, I was invited to the Jakarta Jazz Festival many times. And I had to decline for that reason 
is that they wow. won't have me. And they were going to, one, one of the artists who wanted to take me was going to smuggle me in on a chopper from China. What? And yes. And my father said over my dead body, no friggin' way. Because they, 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 yeah, we have, we have tough relationships. With, Israel has tough relations with, with, uh, with, um, Bali. Oh God. No, with what country is it? Oh, Jakarta, Indonesia. Right. Indonesia. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's- we have a tough, we have a tough relationship. No diplomatic status there. So, uh, my dad was really scared. Like if someone discovers you're from there, you could be imprisoned. You could be this, oh which I could gosh. have been. You're not supposed to be here. Um, yeah, that's too much. Right. So, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, I like, I'll, I'll, I like an adventure, but this, that's a little much. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's a know. little much. Um, so I don't know if I'm allowed there. I mean, right now we're I not allowed anywhere. Should, I think you are. We're not, Yo, not allowed anywhere allowed. with an American passport. That's so. right. Oh my God. You're right. Right now we're the underdog. Right now we can't go anywhere. Yeah, they're, they're, the rest of the world is like you're diseased. Right. You guys <laughs> you stay stay, stay in, in your that's country. Right. That's Canada's right. like, don't... do not come over here and bring your. Canada's disease. like, do not come over here. Oh my God, you're right. This, they're like, this we're gonna been... build a build a wall for you. We're gonna build a wall for Americans. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, how ironic is that? Isn't that funny? It's wow, just, that's uh, us of all people now. The wall, well, no, don't worry. Well, that's what get, we get. <laughs> you get a worldwide wall. And then you, don't, you don't get to go even to Canada. All right, isn't that crazy? Uh, nah. It's crazy. It'll, I mean, it'll take a while, I'm afraid, but I'm sure we're all going to be traveling again. That's, yeah, that's I'm it's sure. All, it'll take a while sure. to untangle, but I'm, 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 I'm optimistic this is all going to eventually stop. And like, yeah, and we're going to travel and go places and meet yeah, each other and sure. hug and, and party. And that's all I can't be. wait. I know. I'm so I know. excited to just, you know, be able that's to right. go anywhere and then see your friends and just hang out with a bunch of them. And I'll that's be right. Worried and- that's right. And stop gaining weight for me. It's like, yeah, stop gaining weight for me. Cookies. <laughs> like, oh, I can go places. Okay, great. Less cookies. That <laughs> I, means I can stop. I can... <laughs> stop baking sourdough bread. You know that's, what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you can't have me over for that if that's what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, one thing I will say, though, with the, the, that kind of transitions us to, to to foods, to having foods when you travel. That's a big part of traveling. Isn't like, it's the best. Right? right. It's the best. To talk about Turkey, one of my favorites is the coffee. Oh, yeah. I had morning coffee in Turkey, and I remember just finding the market wasn't even open yet. And oh, anywhere. Just go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's anywhere. this random guy next to the market and I was needed breakfast before my flight. And he just was like, oh, yeah, I didn't speak any English and I didn't nope. speak any, any breakfast, <laughs> right. their language at all. And they made me the best coffee I've ever yeah. had. Oh, it's it's, it's amazing how the, in the Middle East, there's a big tradition of coffee and there's a pride <sighs> of yes. coffee. They have a pride of like, my oh, I make so the best good. coffee. No, you, my coffee is better. No, my <laughs> the best. So, in the Philippines, it's adobo. So. Oh wow! There you go. Well, of course, it's, it's a national. It's a national pride. Yeah. It makes sense. It make it, it. It makes perfect sense how how that works out. And so, uh, when in Israel, I remember when Starbucks tried to bring Starbucks to Israel. Oh, okay. And in, in this, oh my God, they lasted for five months. 
No they and they, go there. they oh my god please they they had they had a prime location they got the prime location in Tel Aviv prime piece of real estate where with a lot of people there a lot of people come and go so like really good for business they started I was in college and I remember going and like oh my god Starbucks this is like in Boston where I go to college <laughs> and so they were basically they ran away in shame five months later. Because they realized that they come to a place where everyone prides themselves on how to make coffee. And one small difference in flavor and your coffee is trash. Now, That's what I'm saying. You guys are going to oh. come here, sell coffee to Middle Easterners for no. a lot of money. And no. so they didn't, they didn't last. And so we have a million different types of coffee. You could buy coffee raw. You could buy coffee. And, and you know, with coffee with cardamom, coffee with this, oh, coffee with Coffee that. with cardamom. So good. <sighs> Okay, we're having it that because that's so. I good. know. Okay, this we we have to have some. Oh yeah. Like, as soon as we can, like, hang out and not have this pandemic life. Yes. Oh, some. I love cardamom coffee. Me too. Me too. And so they're like, you know, so when you go so back to the food conversation, one of the first best sort of ways of figuring out a culture or like being on your way is as to have the food. You know, from what you eat to how you eat it, right? From what they eat to how they eat it. And, you know, it's some people like in, in, in Ethiopia, you know, they eat oh. often with their hands and then the food and it shows you what grows. But because a lot of times the food, the, the traditional food reflects uh, the agriculture, the local agriculture, which reflects yep. sort of what grows around here, right? Or what, what, how they, how they get food around here. And so, Getting one of the most fun parts is like getting the food. If you're going to travel this much, have the food, have the food, have the food. Yes. You know? Yes. That's the thing. I, it's one of my favorite things. It's when I arrive somewhere, I immediately want to get something, That's coffee, right. tea, right. whatever it is, or, or a meal from that location. Right. It's my favorite thing because that's how you're really going to experience the culture that's right that's right that's a direct it's the, just like they say you know the eyes are direct glance sort of to the soul the brain through the eyes the food is a direct glance to the culture yeah that's an immediate first-hand access no explanation necessary uh for the most part because food yep. sort of and unless it's some you know again unless it's some particular countries where they eat very particular things yeah <laughs> Yeah. which also tells you something so other than that it's yeah don't you're try the i wouldn't try like a you know bug right i wouldn't that's not my thing yeah we could also we can also talk about what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten when you travel because that I, I i stayed pretty conservative i think uh a snail is the craziest thing i've ever had but i didn't the, have it the craziest thing that i had was in peru i went to the market and i don't speak great <laughs> Spanish. Okay. Um, even though I'm Filipino and our, our words are similar, but certain mm -hmm. words are not. So right. uh, I go to the market and I was like, I want to try the food here, not a restaurant. I want to see what this is like. And they have those stalls yeah. in the middle of a wet market where you just sit and it's Yay. like open. Yep. And I just go, I want the number one thing on that, the top of that list and so they, they go, they kind of laugh, like all the locals kind of laugh at us and they plop down a goat head or something. I don't know what oh head it was, God. but it was a head of something and it oh was full on a head of a, either a goat or like, I don't know what it, I think oh it was, I think God. it was a goat and, 
and my face was like <laughs> okay uh, what do you do so i just i went for its cheek <laughs> And I was like, all right, I have to at least try this. So I have the cheek and I go, nope, this is too. And I don't like gamey meat. This was very gamey. It's not, it's not bad enough that it literally looks like an animal. And, and now it also tastes gamey and like. Yeah, oh. it was the gaminess because if it didn't, I'm Filipino. So I, get, right. I eat weird stuff too, right, but right, that. Right. There, it was the taste of whatever was going on with the brain, or what it just was not what no, I no, like. No, no, it's an it's, yeah, you have to be uh, of it, you have to live there. And, and yeah, and, that was a that was a lesson learned where I was never ever going to do that again. I have no. to know exactly what cabeza means, that's you know right. What I mean? <laughs> that's <laughs> right, that's right. I remember, I remember coming first eating in, in Korea when I was first, first went to Korea, and they. You know, they just served us something, and it's in the form of like a something, and you can't tell what it is. What? And you smell it. Okay, it smells like I could eat it, and you. But the, I remember having the feeling of like I have no idea what I just ate, and I asked. Was I think it? it was it was something benign. It was actually fine, just how they prepare it. But then I I thought to myself, it could it could have well been, the brain of a monkey for all I know. No. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> For all you know, it's like, what do you, it doesn't look like anything. And it smelled like food. It smelled like it's fine. And, and the, I forgot what it was. It was, it was back in the day when I still used to eat meat. I think it was some meat of something. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's really traveler, you know, beware. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. What's your favorite dish you've ever. You know, I think the dish for me depends on where you have it. Uh, mm -hmm. The favorite dish ever. It, it, it's like. I'm a big dessert. I'm a, I'm a big dessert guy. I have. A I didn't know that. Drink. Oh my god! Don't even start with me <laughs> on desserts. So I remember traveling. I remember. I remember sharing uh, my 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 sort of preferences with with a band member. And I remember we were in a small village. In a small village in in south in the south of Italy. Oh, nice. And. And uh, this is a particularly good story, I think, because of, and it was, we finished a, a concert. They had a jazz festival and everyone flies in, into the village for the jazz festival. But it's still a small village. They just, the people with a lot of money set up a jazz festival there because of a beautiful location. And yeah. so I'm in my little hotel and I'm sitting in this beautiful and I'm walking outside and it's like one o'clock in the morning. And one of the band members runs up to me. He's like, okay you have to come with me because they had been having dinner somewhere and I didn't go because I probably ate prior. I'm like, what, what? Like, you have to come with me. They're having dinner at this little tavern there uh, where the couple that runs the tavern makes all the food. And like, you have to come with me. I know you like tiramisu a lot. Uh, and, huh, and these people make their own tiramisu because, you know, they're Italians and we're in Italy and this is where it's from. Like this is how, that's going to actually be a tiramisu, uh, you know, not what you buy in the airport that says it's tiramisu yeah. or some restaurant. And I was like, okay, let's go. So she led me to the restaurant and she filmed me eat it, <laughs> and I couldn't believe because we'd had tiramisu, her and I, her and I, in a couple more places and desserts, and she like she went to find me to the hotel, went outside looking for me and found me and brought me to the little tavern where that sort of mom and pop like 
wow. husband and wife have been there and they cook their own all the food they cook themselves and their daughter and their kids cook the food to your question the favorite food for me depends on where you eat it like if you're gonna go to a hummus you're gonna get hummus it's uh of course somewhere like morocco right if you're gonna have tiramisu Go to some village no one's ever heard of in the Italy. south, uh, the s- southern tip of Italy, and we're gonna find out the place so that yes, now I'm gonna go there. <laughs> I am absolutely, absolutely, and it was so amazing, and 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 I could I could really see aside from the psychological sort of kick. Oh my God, this is the real deal. Sure, but but also it freaking tastes incredible, and like, how do you? What do you do? And, and I, I remember feeling this appreciation. Like I'm so happy. I'm here. I've tried so many of these. I get to experience this. I get to, because most people, if you think of it, they sort of live where they live and they go on vacation. Yeah. And they never or they leave. Don't, right. And we, we got you know, people who travel. It has a huge effect on your worldview. It, it's a, it has a huge effect on your view of human nature because you get to see how different people are and how different cultures are. And you get to see the similarities, which shows you the common things we all share. Uh, travel has such long-reaching sort of consequences that are almost unintended because you don't travel to teach yourself about human nature. You travel because you want to be in different cool places. But then along with it comes, like, and I remember feeling that at that little tavern. I'm like, this is so great I get to do this. I get to have insight into what people are like and to food, what foods are like. And, to, and that if you travel a lot, it just kind of happens by itself. It's not... It's not like, okay, I'm going to go. You just kind of catch on, you know, and, you know, there's nothing more. There's not, there's no better antidote, like to speak of current events, to say racism, right? There's no better antidote to racism, I think, than traveling a lot. God, just travel a lot. See what people are like. See what, see what cultures are like. See that how people will help you when you're in need and, 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 and don't expect anything. And these people, when you first glance, you think they're savages sometimes. It depends on where you travel. Like these people are so different from what are they? What is this? Is this? And then you see the reasons behind why they do certain things. And like, well, that actually makes a lot of sense given the conditions. And then you see the, the, the good heart of the people. And then you see the creativity of the people in the food and in the dressing. And you're like, my God, all the same things that get expressed and my culture and my people, they all find the same, they, they all find expression in these strange places and with these strange people. And you see that the same things operate on yeah. the inside. And then we're that's, the same. We're the same. God. We're different, but then we're so the same. Exactly. At the end, internally, like our mm-hmm. hearts are the same. That's right. That's right. And you, you land and you, it's so new and you might not think that. Okay, but stay a week. Right. Stay a week. See if you still think that we're very different. You know, see if you still think that a week. I'm, it might take, but I'm saying come in contact. But don't just stay. Come in contact with people. Communicate with people. And see if you still think. You know, see if you have someone take you on a tour. See, see if you still think that we're all that different. Come back once or twice. See if you still think. You most likely won't you most likely will find the common patterns in the humanity behind, uh, you know, behind humans, really. Yeah, you definitely. I, I completely agree with you. I, it's, uh, there's a lot of bad in the world. Sure. There's so much good in the world. Yeah. 
And that's yeah. the one thing that travel has really taught me. That's right. Uh, especially that's right. traveling to places that are completely different that's right. religions or different that's right. beliefs. It just, it's very eye-opening and, and you come back here or come back to wherever you live right. and then you realize like, you, yeah. you know, the world is so much bigger than our, and our, our own little <laughs> It kind oh, of, that, it, it, if you think about it, that it's only natural that that should happen. If you think about when kids go to college, right? What do they say to kids who go to college? They say, look, you're going to get exposed to all these new kind of people that are not like in your hometown uh, high school or the same, mm -hmm. you know, town people that you've experienced. You're going to go to college. So everyone needs this experience and most people get it on a small scale by say going to college, right? Ex getting experience. Oh, different opinions, different types of people. Hmm. I have to coexist with differences in worldview. So everyone needs that experience on a small, smaller scale. And most people get it on a smaller scale with maybe going to school somewhere, you know, across country. But right. and so if you think about this, this is very similar, just on a grand, bigger scale. It's until you go to college, many people really think that most people are like the people of their town. Right, so it's the same way. It's until you travel, you might think that most people are like the people in your country. Like it's the same thing until you see the world, until you get exposed. It's the same as college, just on a bigger scale, sort of. Okay, so now you really get exposed to everything that's you know out there. Maybe one day it'll be an interplanetary travel. That's the next step. You get the exposure. Okay, these, these hey, are UFOs aliens. are a thing now. UFOs <laughs> are a thing are now. Thing. That's right. The, it's what, official. NASA, who, that's right. Who someone they released the footage? I forgot who, the Pentagon or whatever. They released some yeah. crazy stuff. So up until then, travel is the best, next best thing. Uh, you know, For sure, to get exposed to different people. It's the kids do this after high school all the time, and I think they should continue as adults, but on the bigger scale. Go go to an African country. Go to, you know, Eastern Europe. Go to Brazil. Go to Peru. Bali, right? Like Bali. Yeah. Go to Bali. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> let me, I'll go for you. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I know that we're in the middle of COVID right now, but do you have plans on going anywhere next or not? Not yet. Small trips. I went to Big Bear. I know it sounds very humble and small compared to all the so things fun. we're talking about here. So I went to Big Bear the other, what, about a month ago or so. That was great. Big Bear is in California. Yeah. 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 That, that one. I went to Big Bear, California. So that was fun. I might go to Solvang, which is in that cute little town. Uh, uh, and I'm supposed to go to Israel in November. And, and, and fingers crossed, I'll be able to. I, I don't, I'm not counting on it, but I'm supposed to play at a jazz festival. And uh, it's supposed to happen. And I don't know that it's going to, but that's the next one on, uh, on, on, the, on the calendar for me. And this is, you know, almost like a... a it's almost not okay to say this on a on a on a traveling podcast, but I've secretly been enjoying staying put. Am I allowed to say it on this podcast? You can say it. Is, you can say this is, it. This is, this is I'm I'm secretly enjoying. This. I've been home for four months. And it's been great. Because you for you, it's it. a, for you, it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, so it's, it's different. Yeah, and I'm starting to feel slowly how maybe traveling is going to be f even more fun when it resumes because I'm like, oh my God, 
You know, so like I'm supposed to go to Israel in November. And if I put, I'm going to really, if I stay put until then, I'm going to really enjoy sort of the juiciness of, of the trip, you know, because I'm going to, oh, I've been home for a long time. And so that's, that's, uh, that's the next one. And I hope it happens because I, I hope we kick, you know, this pandemic by November. But if we don't, uh, I might have to not go, you know. Yeah. But that's the yeah. next one. We'll see. We'll see. How about yourself? Yeah. Are you, are you? making any plans i mean i'm going to yellowstone in three days yellowstone grand tetons and glacier so i i'm traveling within the country i was actually supposed to go to africa this year to go to east africa um to kenya tanzania and and hopefully uganda but that got derailed so yeah yeah yeah. it got derailed and then i was supposed to go to london see my family but that got derailed So as far as international, I think it's going to be, I recently booked a film uh, and I'm going to play a leading role in a film uh, out in uh, the Philippines. So I'm doing uh, some scenes here in LA and then in January, it was January, February, there's supposed to be a festival there and they wanted to shoot the festival and I don't know if that's going to happen. So we'll see. There's still time. There's still time. We'll see. Wow, that's well, exciting. Yeah, so so we'll see. We're just, uh, it's supposed to be a travel year. It did not turn out that way. Right. So now I'm doing this podcast and I'm living vicariously through all Through other people, right, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we're a well-traveled bunch. We'll keep your travel fires burning, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so my next question is, what is the one piece of advice that you can give to a younger you? To a younger me, ah, oh my God, um, where do I start? Um, I think, I I think maybe if if I don't think that the younger me was would be able to take this advice, but I I would still say try to slow down, and because it, it all it's all coming, it's all coming, it's all coming, it's all going to happen, and the more you can sort of take in, the better it is to try to slow down and, and don't rush things. You know, it's, it's all coming. Uh, life is as long as it is short, right? It's, it's both short and long. So the long aspect of it, you'll, ex- you'll get to experience a lot of things and, and don't rush the process. Don't, because it's, it's only natural for young people to want to, be get there already it's almost beautiful sort of in its own way which is why i don't even know that i would give myself that advice i just probably let myself be because it's already perfect sort of as it is but if i could if i could implant a new brain i would probably say don't rush you know don't slow slow down it's it's all coming it's all coming just you could take it in like that and take it in like this you could you know take it in like this though because that you'll take more in and you'll 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 shoot deeper into the fabric of experience you know if you do it slower but that comes with age when 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 moving faster becomes an obstacle in and of itself you discover the blessings of a of a now i can't i can't party as hard as i did i can't yeah i'm happy to take it slower and yeah you're happy to be at home that's right (laughs) imagine that imagine that (laughs) oh just wait um (laughs) youngin yeah (laughs) just wait what about anyone who 
is an aspiring musician mm. who wants to be where you're at? What advice mm. can you give to them? Now go to law school. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> no, no, that's not at all. Not at all. I think that would be a silly advice because if, if they're anything like me, it, it's never, it's never been a question for them, whether if you have to choose it, skip it. Like, I don't think most people who end up where I am have to choose it. It's just, yeah, I've always known that I'm going to, I'm going to play and, uh, advice. Wow. Keep an open mind, uh, decide what, what you want, uh, work really hard because you have, you have, it's funny what happens, how biology works and psychology works in terms of human energy. It's funny how that works out. There's a certain push that nature itself gives you energetically for pursuing things. It starts in your late teens and it starts slowly declining in your 30s because as far as nature is concerned, you can now sort of plateau because you've arrived. So there's a certain push of natural energy. You can arrive, you can achieve things after that. We can achieve things at any age, but it's going to be a different process. You're going to have to really put yourself and set yourself up for success. And like when you're younger, you have a, almost a natural fuel resource behind you. Harvest it, harvest it. Uh, you can decide to have a brand new career when you're 50 and you will, it's not a problem, but it won't feel as easy as it will feel at 23 to 30, some whatever. It won't feel, it will be a different experience because literally it's like you're, it's like nature itself, life itself is propelling you, pushing you, harvest it, whatever you want to become. You want to become a musician, want to travel, travel, do everything, get involved with everything. Don't be selective at first. There'll be time to say, to be selective and assertive later. Go, but yeah. That's such a good piece of advice. Yeah, that selectiveness because yeah. there's a lot of younger artists who just is they're too picky on what they want to do, mm. and it's not mm. about that right now. It's about I understand, stuff. yeah, and I, because I think it's it's also a little bit of a uh, misconception people have about how one arrives at where they go. A lot of time, if you read career books or 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 things like that, a lot of it happens with you have a particular skill, and then you try different things, and then you fit in like a glove, and you didn't plan on this necessarily. You thought you're going to maybe do something else, but because you tried different things, uh, you applied yourself, you really liked it, you helped others, and now it's your career. And you're like, my God. And I thought, I'm going to end up doing this or doing that. That's kind of what happened with me. I never intended to play uh, you know, big pop tours or anything. I thought I was going to be a jazz musician. And then I applied myself in different things, and I'm still a jazz musician, but I also... But I also did, uh, you know, a lot of other cool things that I didn't plan because I got the chance to try different things. And, and there's most of your life you have to spend being very picky and selective because time is precious. But there is time in your youth when it's, when it's not, I think, the time. It's not the time to be super selective or picky. It's time to really just log experiences, 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 experiences. And so harvest that time in your life travel, play music, if that's what you do. Uh, as young people, when you're forming your view of the world, get in, meet as many different people from different cultures and, and, and walks of life as you can. So you could form at least somewhat of at least of a tangible 
uh, picture of what the world is like so that your map it's never going to be fully perfect for you know high resolution so that at least your low resolution map is as accurate as possible so you could understand where you live and this context and, and what it's like to be a human being and, and, and experience a lot, really. That's what I would say. You know, your brain will learn, your brain will see to it, your mind will see to it, your subconscious mind will see to it that you categorize the experiences and you deduce, you, know, you could come to conclusions, experience a lot. You know? And then if you, when you get older, finally, I say keep experiencing even more. Like people... <laughs> keep going and then you'll know you'll know when what's for you what's not for you experience a lot thank you so much for that advice that sir anytime my god thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> <laughs> so where can we find you um wrestlingmusic.com is where you can find me wrestlingmusic.com or on instagram wrestling piano or wrestling piano on Twitter, Instagram, wrestling music. Um, I'm on social media a lot. You can find me. I'm on a bunch of music. My stuff is on YouTube. I, a lot of concerts and a lot of things I played on are on YouTube. And, and lessons, right? You and have lessons now. That's right. I'm launching mu musicmadebetter.com, which is going to be a music school uh, online. So that's launching next week. So you can find me at musicmadebetter.com. I'm, I'm going to be there. And you can probably find me hopefully soon in in the airport in the airport next to you you know in, your, in an airport near you comes to Ruslan in an airport near you <laughs> taxes and fees apply thank you so much Ruslan for joining me on the roaming the earth podcast stories and adventures of people who are jet setters nomads and explorers this is Drea Castro signing off join us again next time stay wild If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe, share it to your friends, and follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.